You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com. And with me, as almost always, Tony Abbott from The Athletic Minnesota. Tony, I know you got into it. I know you read it. What did you think of the exclusive Boudreaux article after, uh, you know, a couple days now after his dismissal? I was really surprised, first of all. I, I think that was the, the thing that I was I was most reacting to is, is just how surprised with how uh, open that uh, that Boudreaux decided to be, you know, just uh, just days. I mean, he can't be done processing this. No, absolutely not. I mean, he, the, the, the wound is still fresh. <laughs> yeah, um, but like, I don't know, nothing nothing about it surprised me. Just like, you know, he thought that he was, you know, doing good with the team on a, on a decent run. He absolutely was. Um, I, I don't think that he got fired because uh, he, he had like, I don't know, the, the blame put at his feet necessarily. I, I, I think that's... You know, I, I, I think that uh, that sometimes maybe you lose a locker room and, you know, you can't really do anything about it. You know, you're a lame duck coach. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, I think that it was always wishful thinking that Bruce was going to come back for another season. Um, so, like, I, I, I definitely uh, I definitely sympathize because I, I don't think it was his fault. And I think when he says, like, you know, I thought that the team was playing pretty well, I, I think he's right. Yeah, I think what uh, what kind of caught me about it, too, is like Boudreaux and and his wife and really kind of seemed like the whole family kind of understood that the writing was on the wall, that it was he was likely not going to be brought back after this year. But like like I said, and I think you and I said on Friday that the timing felt odd, not only because of the run that the team was on, but, but that he survived the slow start that he got through Christmas, that he got through a bad bye week uh, return. And so it seemed like he was relatively being a realist throughout this article that he knew that, that he wasn't likely coming back yet. Um, when you see like the stuff that he was looking forward to, like the, uh, the, the thousandth game this season that would have come on, uh, on St. Patrick's day or, like the uh, the the father son trip um, that uh, that the Wild are now embarking on, like you kind of feel bad a little bit, like he just misses out on on just those those events that he likely was looking forward to. I mean, and, so it, that, and that sucks, but at the same time, like if you're like the GM and you're like, I gotta I gotta make right. a move here, then you know it, it's it is a business. You gotta do what you gotta yeah. do. It's it's not personal. It's business, like uh, like the famous saying from uh, The Godfather. But oh, I thought it was Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So I um, but I like the the candid nature of the article. Um, we talked about how he kind of laughed and he cried and his anger, um, but that he still um even though he's probably stormed out of, uh, out of the office with Billy kind of um, want, trying to still explain to him that he has respect for him. Yeah. I, yeah. I, he had no time for that. Yeah. No time for it. Which but, you know what? Good. Like it's uh, like, I've been fired before. It sucks. I don't want to hear like anything about like, I don't want to hear anything about how you're having a hard time when you're fucking <laughs> right. Yeah. So it is, uh, but you know, he laughed, he cried, he was angry about it. And you just, it, it, I liked the article and how it, and the fact that it just happened, um, you know, and he gave a good reason why he's here. I mean, they, they move, uh, 
move everything when they got a new um got a new job or whatever and and they were they're here they got no other place to go they don't have like a summer cottage or cabin or anything to go to this is this is where they live right now how cool would it be by the way bruce boudreau like uh like color commentator or like studio host or something like that or in the studio how how good of a get would that be for fsn oh i think it'd be huge for fsn and that's why I think, like, if anything, he'd be like a national pundit. Stay home, Bruce. This right, is your yeah, home, now. home. Get get that FSN money. I want you in the booth. Oh, I think he'd be great in the booth, and um, just just the stories, you know, like uh, you, you, we always hear the stories from Lou Nanny or. Um, you know, Tom Reed is for the radio broadcast. He always had stories from from uh, his playing days and things like that. And it's just it's a very different league nowadays. But those stories and the way he kind of holds court and in his in his element, I I, I think he's not only just can't miss radio, but uh, he is an absolute just treat to listen to uh, as just kind of a character of the league. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we're not going to talk about Bruce Boudreaux's firing. I recapped that yesterday on Monday's episode. And if you haven't heard that, I did that solo because Tony, you had uh, some work to do. Oh yeah. Um, so got to make that money and I'm not going to blame you, but well, I would um, hope not Joe. Do you have any reaction at all to the Dean Evison debut? Um, the only thing that I, I really, that really stood out to me was Man, Fiala got almost 22 minutes of ice time. And that's a good thing. It really is. Yeah, like that is that is good to see that uh that he got unleashed like that. Uh no one else did, but he did, so <laughs> um I, I I don't know. I I that's kind of what I'm hoping to see from Dean Evison uh in, in this last stretch. I don't think that he's a legit contender uh for the job. Like, I'm sure he'll get, like, an interview. He might even get a second interview. Um, he might be a great guy, great coach. I, I don't know. Uh, but, like, you know, he, he was brought in because he was Fenton's guy. And, and like, that that doesn't work for right. advancement, usually, when right. you have another GM come in the year after you got brought aboard. So um, I, I, I think that uh, what I want to see from Evison is I want to see him say like you know screw it and see what happens when you let kevin fiala play 20 minutes a night you let jewel erickson Eck play 18 minutes a night on the second line i want to see what ryan donato does there you in, go in a yeah. top six role. <laughs> i was like, waiting for ryan donato's name to pop up let these let these guys run give them some run there's 24 games left mm-hmm. you're eight point seven points out of a wild card spot right now you know what like honestly what do you have to lose the answers of course nothing Right. All right. On today's episode, we're going to get into kind of uh, Bill Guerin's overall plan. Uh, And, you know, I I mentioned maybe some mixed messages in uh, in Monday's show. So we're going to kind of get into that and what our overall feelings are. Uh, We're going to get into our first break here on Lockdown Wild. So stay tuned through the break. Welcome back to the program. This is Joe from ZoneCoverage.com. Tony, you're from the Athletic Minnesota. And uh, I know you are excited about Fiala getting all kinds of, uh, of time. And uh, he's certainly going to be one of the players going forward uh, for this team. 
So speaking of going forward for this team, what do you think Bill Guerin's overall plan is? So I can't put my finger on it exactly, at least now with the information that we have, right? Because he made the Jason Zucker trade with uh, with the team. I think they were three or four points out of a playoff spot at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, so he does that trade, and then he gets Alex Galchenyuk back, who's an NHL player who's had success in the league before. Uh, and then he gets, you know, the futures, and he goes and says, you know, I don't want anyone on this team to quit, like the expectations still the playoffs, which, you know, fair to say, I think to an extent you have to say that to your team. And at some point, you know, like Galchenyuk is a significantly worse player than Zucker, but if you're expecting like him to turn it around for the next 25 games or so, like, yeah, I can see you, you know, still having that expectation of like, the Paul Fenton thing where it's like, okay, we're getting better now and for the future. I don't know how much mm-hmm. I buy it because I don't think Alchanik's good, but he might believe it, and I don't know if he believes it or not. And then when uh, when Bruce Boudreaux's fired, they were three points out, and he says, like, uh, I did this because we needed a change and we needed to make a spark. Well, at on one hand, like... Sure, like, I can see where, like, a shake-up can, like, shake a team out of a malaise, but the thing is, they weren't really in a malaise, so either this was, like, a preemptive strike against a malaise after they did <laughs> drop two of three, or, yep. or, or, like, if you want to go, like, 12th dimensional chess, you know, what happens in, you know, in, in, in a stretch where the Wild lost two of eight games, what happens in the two losses, uh, one, he uses that opportunity to take take Jason Zucker away. Two, he he takes an opportunity to to take Bruce Boudreaux away. And like, if you were trying to tank, and I think Dom Lushizen of the Athletics said like, this is like kind of the only way that this makes sense to me. Yep. If you're trying to tank, like these are the moves that you might make if you're trying to at least like try to get a better draft pick. I mean, obviously right, yeah. twenty. You know, you're not going to get the first overall slot or anything like that. You're way too far gone for that. But, you know, like maybe uh, I, I can't tell if he's trying to make the playoffs or if he's trying to get like the sixth pick in the draft instead of the 11th. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't tell. Either is plausible. And, you know, what Garen is saying is we need to push for the playoffs. But what he's doing, unless unless he knows something that we don't in terms of Bruce Boudreaux's relationship with the team and what he's getting out of the team or, you know, like Zucker's position on the team or something like that. And, and, you know, unless he knows something that we don't, that doesn't make sense for you to say we're pushing to the playoffs. So it's very confusing. So do you think that he's artificially raising expectations so that when they do have losses, that it's like, well, you're not meeting my inflated standards. Let's let's trade off. Let's do a sell off because you're not meeting my inflate my inflated standards. Do you think that's kind of like the head games he's playing here? Maybe that's it. That's so weird though. Like you I, I don't know too many GMs that are playing, you know, like bind games with them. And I don't know if it's <laughs> like the fair or right thing to assume that like there's like this like this evil genius plan <laughs> around the team like oh okay we're gonna get the good vibes up early but uh but then in midseason i'm gonna i'm gonna like kind of like screw with everyone or or, or anything like that and that kind of is that kind of is you know like it's smart if he's doing it mm-hmm. 
but I don't know, like, and I'm not saying, like, I don't know if Bill Guerin's smart, but, like, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's got, like, that, I guess, it, is it deviousness? What's what's the word that I'm looking for? <laughs> like, uh, cunning? Guile? Sly? Yeah, yeah, like those words. Like, I, I don't know how much of that is Garen's, because, like, the thing is, like, with, Chuck Fletcher, when he was here, he was an yep. open book. Like we, we knew oh, yeah. what Chuck Fletcher was thinking at, at pretty much all times. You could, at some point, you could like call Chuck Fletcher's moves before they happened. <laughs> um, so like, like when we knew that he was going to take Julierksonek at the draft. Yeah, like we we knew <laughs> Chuck Fletcher pretty darn well, and then Paul Fenton comes in, and you know we're we're as Ben likes to say, crazy pills, Paul. He was he was a little more like close to the vest, I think, but he yep. also at the same time, uh, that that wasn't like, I don't know, like he, he he didn't seem to have like the the lock and key of information, um, that uh that you know he wanted to have for sure. Mm-hmm. And then you have Garen, and it's like, I don't know how much is is getting out. Of there, like I, I don't know, like I don't know how, I don't know what he's about yet. Right. Um. Here's another theory that I came up with. What do you think if he's saying like, "Look, we're pushing for the playoffs," in an attempt to keep his players' value up as well? Like, hey, you, if you guys are coming to me with a trade, like we're still trying to make the postseason. So if you really want them, I need a haul here. Um, do you think that there's any bit of that going on as as, it's more of a signal to other GMs rather than to the players that could be, but I think that, uh, I think that even if that's not the case, then I think, you know, signaling to the players, your professionals be professional, no matter what, which I think was the theme on, you know, on, on Tuesday when they traded Zucker. And I think was the theme that was iterated again when Boudreaux was traded, like your professionals be professional. Um, I, I think like when you saw like how like this team, like no offense, just absolutely quit down the stretch run of last year. Yeah. Oh, well, they did. Yeah. They absolutely quit that game and get in Dallas the last night of, oh. of the season. Like I remember watching that with you, Joe, and it was yeah. awful to watch. Um, so if, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That was a painful game to watch. And I had to watch it cause I was doing the, uh, the gamer on that one. Oof. Ooh, it was rough. I think there's value in telling your players like your professionals be professional, even if if you're not just trying to do it to, to boost the trade value. I agree. It's kind of a um, like a check yourself before you wreck yourself kind of thing. Like I'm sorry, but this is this is the business we're in. Uh, you may not like what I'm doing, but I still expect you to conduct yourselves in a manner that. Uh, isn't detrimental to either the team, your teammates, or uh, or the organization. Mm. So I agree with that. Um, I think we're going to take another break right now because um, I, I wanted to ask you a question, but I think that the uh, the answer is going to be a, another long one. Um, and I have because, another question to ask you. Ooh, so. All right, so let's let's take an early break here, and let's uh, let's have a little bit longer of a, a segment for the next one. You are listening to Locked On Wild. You teased a question before the break, and uh, so I'm going to let you ask it here to, to start off on this one before I get into to into my question. 
All right, so you have Bill Guerin. He's a GM coming into his first year with a team that he knows isn't good enough to make it. Mm-hmm. And with a team that last year they tried to to sort of resuscitate this team and keep it going for another year. And they absolutely fell on their faces to do that, right? Yep. So it was pretty obvious that this team wasn't just in need of a makeover. They needed to just like completely readjust everything, right? And everyone's yep. on board with that. The owner's on board with that, uh, The especially during the slow start. Uh, the owner's on board. The GM's on board. And, you know, the, the players have to live with it. Be professional, right? Right, yep. So here's what I'm thinking. The Wild start hanging around and they start making a little bit of a push and get within three points of a deadline spot or uh, four, three <laughs> points of a, of a spot. Right. Okay. Maybe your owner is saying to you like, Hey, like, you know, we got two home games that are on the line. We got, we have a chance to make the playoffs. Let's go. Like we need, we need this to happen. How much of this do you think is him managing up is what I'm saying? Like, cause I think that's going to be a part of, of any blueprint for success for a wild general manager is not only are you going to have to manage the players and whatever, you know, egos or or challenges that come from putting together a roster, mm-hmm. but you're also going to have to, to be able to deal with an owner who wants to win now and, and like who isn't the most willing to accept a long-term plan. Ooh, that's a good theory. Um, we don't know. We don't, we're not obviously there, but at the same time, uh, you talked about the necessity of a GM, whether this was Fenton, um, cause Chuck Fletcher seemed to fail to kind of do this. And, um, and now Bill Guerin, it's, it's managing expectations up to the owner as well. The owner might be looking to put pressure on it and you got the GM going, no, 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 no. We can't, we can't ruin our chance to really get this team to be better for, uh, for the future. Because that would make a good amount of sense, right? You know, you do right. trade Jason Zucker with this team chasing a playoff spot and within striking distance. But at the same time, like, you can go to not just your players, but you can go to your owner and be like, hey, well, we got Alex Galchenyuk. This guy scored 30 goals in the league before. Yeah. Um, Jason Zucker mm-hmm. has also scored 30 goals in the league once. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, we, like, are still in this thing. And with uh, with Boudreaux, like, if, if this is a... Uh, if this is a cunning move to to keep the wild from being too good, you know, you can yeah. go to your GM and be like, "Hey, I'm not pulling the plug on your, on the season." Just like you know, with the players, right? Though right. Uh, he's not saying that he's going to the players and saying, "Hey, I'm not pulling the plug too." Uh, if you notice that in his, his press conference, right? Yeah, but yeah. No, he's he saying he's, he's he's saying it through the media. He might be going to the owner and saying, "Like, hey, I'm not pulling the plug here. I'm just trying to give this team a spark." Which, yeah. you know, if he's doing that, like, props to him. Because I, I do <laughs> think that that will be a challenge uh, for him. Is, is that, like, if he's going to execute a long-term plan, that's not really going to happen. If your right. GM is just like, hey, wait a minute. Can we just, like, make the next Parise suitor moves? Can we trade for the next player? Mm-hmm. Can I'll, I'll happily sign off on Matt Zuccarello next time. Um, so... Mm. Uh, and, and now with the Wild, I think safely out of a playoff spot. Kind of everything that went that could have gone wrong for them over the last couple mm-hmm. days did. 
now they're seven points out of a playoff spot with Arizona, Calgary, and Vegas all winning last night. So now I think that if you do want to go to your owner, you can just say like, hey, uh, <laughs> we we got to make these moves at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. We're seven points out. That's going to be a lot to overcome. Not only that, we've got Nashville and Winnipeg. They're both four points ahead of us. I, I think the best move here is to make these trades and to say like, okay, next year, is the goal and just kind of kind of push yeah, yeah. that competitive window off and, and you know and you can say like hey I tried sparking these guys with the coaching change they did not respond. <laughs> you, you might be onto something because I even mentioned it that uh, on my Monday show that I did uh, that that you could easily spin to the players and the or- rest of the organization and the fans that you th- you you got not only a haul but that that you could still try that. You're still trying for the postseason, even with the Zucker trade. So I think the, um, it certainly took a hit with the Boudreaux firing, but as you said, you could spin that to an owner. Now, if, if Leopold is a shrewd owner, perhaps he look, he sees right through what, what Garen's trying to do at the same time. Uh, it's not a bad theory you got there. All right, Tony. Um, lastly, do you think that, that, um, Garen is really trying to go futures getting younger, faster, or, or do you think that some younger players like Jordan Greenway, who had been rumored earlier, um, perhaps Ryan Donato or, or even some of these other ones, like, like Luke Cunningham are in play at the trade deadline. I mean, those two things aren't mutually exclusive. You know, if you're getting, if you're trading, they're Jordan younger, Greenway but for they're, a draft they're not pick. necessarily faster. <laughs> what? They they might be younger, but there's they might not be faster. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you know, if you take if you take uh, Ryan Donato and are able to get like I don't know a second round pick out of him, I don't know if you can get a second round pick out of Donato or or the same thing with Greenway. Like you are getting younger and you are playing for the future, and, and you know. Um, and also, like deciding that uh, that you know these guys aren't a part of it, or or however mm-hmm. that works out. So I don't know. I I, I think that uh, I think that those guys could be in play, and also have you know a, a, a trade deadline that's focused on trading veteran players to mm-hmm. get younger and faster. So, and I think what goes into that a little bit more too is both of those guys with. Uh, and I'm talking about um, uh, Cunnan and Greenway now, but uh, those guys are both pending RFAs after this season. And potentially, Garen could make a choice on one of them mm. um, and make yet another roster spot for for maybe Jerry Mayhew next year. Or, uh, uh, or or maybe they maybe they do a, a Alexander Havanov or, yeah. or something like that. They, they would allow themselves a few more options because we know that the no move clauses up front uh, do get in the way of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So it could be, it could, they could in my mind decide to uh, make a play with, uh, with one of those two players. So, um, but with Garen, it's, it's, it's weird because we haven't really seen kind of the front office he's looking to build. He made one trade so far that, that, I think has been universally uh, not it, it, 
I'm not going to say universally declared fair. It's it's been declared fair with a chance of really working out for both teams, um, and with the Wild, obviously more in the future than than the now with the Penguins. We got to see more uh, to really kind of know what we're what we're dealing with here with uh, with Bill Guerin, and I got to imagine that this week is going to be just uh, full of uh, lots of more rumors and lots of news uh, because I don't think he's done. All right. You don't think he's done, so let's mm-hmm. game this out a little bit. We are six days away from the deadline, and Minnesota is seven points out of the playoffs. I'm going to say Marcus Foligno, Jonas Brodeen, Matt Dumba. How many of those guys are still on the team next week? One. One? Mm-hmm. Wow. I do think that there's a lot that there's certainly a lot of smoke around uh, Jonas Brodeen and Matt Dumba. And I think that uh, Marcus Foligno is your prototypical guy that uh, teams will want for the postseason. And I guess maybe I've just been doing this podcast long enough with you that you've convinced me that perhaps now is the time to sell big on Marcus Foligno. As good as he's been in uh, in a bottom six role for this team, this team doesn't really need his services for the future. Okay. Um, so here's, I will here's, say one one of those players. They're going to keep one of the defensemen. So they're going to keep one of the defensemen and move Felino and one of Brodeen or or Dumba. All right. Uh, so you're calling your shot. I am. I don't know. I'm a little more reserved. I'm going to believe it when I see it. And I'm going to say three of those are going to be there. I think maybe he makes some moves for uh, where he's. You know, like you said, like maybe he trades a Donato. Uh, maybe he makes a move. Where he uh, where he uh, trades out Skelchanyuk for a pick, I, I I don't feel super optimistic that he's going to make a move just because I don't know what to expect. We are at time, Tony. Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ohio Tony. You can find my work at the Athletic Minnesota. You can find me, just follow me on Twitter at JoeBoo15, as well as all my work at ZoneCoverage.com. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Zone Car. And that's going to do it for today's show of Lockdown Wild. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. And not even if you just like today's show, maybe you like Chappelle's show, you should still subscribe. (laughs) Right. I'm rich, biatch! Anyways, uh, leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. It does help us out. Uh, you can follow pod, the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Lockdown Wild. You can also get in touch with us via email. Just email us at LockdownWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Lockdown Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day. <laughs>